This is Ryan Chapman's Fix Your Funnel. I'm excited today to be with Rhonda. How do you say your last name? Britton? Britton. Rhonda Britton. Britton. Okay. See, I always mess up last names, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> now, Rhonda, actually, you're, do, you're doing some pretty impressive work because you're helping people overcome one of our fundamental, I almost call it like it's that hidden, uh, I don't want to say killer, but it's the hidden thing that stops us, right? Because like if if you have a physical deformity, it's very obvious, hey, I got this physical deformity. But when we talk about mental game, there are things that we're not aware of that are even in process, and yet we're running into the effects of them constantly. So tell us a little bit about what you do. I, I, love, that you, I love that you said what you just said, because yes, they are hidden, they are insidious, and they are can be deadly. They, they, it, it, this, what I work with is it kills relationships. It kills careers. Um, it, it, it almost killed me. And that is that lovely thing called fear. And I help people master the emotional fear that holds them back. So whether that's the fear of rejection or the fear of procrastination, the fear of being a loser, the fear of selfish, the fear of being unlovable, the fear of being damaged goods, the fear of being worthless, you know, all those fears that give us permission to hold ourselves back, to, to hide out, to avoid to do all the things that we beat ourselves up for and put ourselves down for and wish we didn't do. And one of the things that I love about what my, my work is that I've actually created the only system, the only model that helps people master their emotional fears uh, with, with two tools I've developed called the Wheel of Fear and Wheel of Freedom. So when you work with me, you actually just really discover that core fear that really creates all the other fears. So if you worry that's a fear response. If you procrastinate, that's a fear response. If you're, you know, a perfectionist, that's a fear response. There is a fear that is driving that behavior. And so fear is insidious, it is invisible, and it is smart as you are, as educated as you are, as spiritual as you are, and it has one job and one job only to keep you safe, small, and stuck. So my job is to help you uncover it in a of course supportive, empowering way so that not only do you see your fear, but you know how to master it and it no longer holds you back. And I just feel like I am the luckiest, most, you know, got the greatest job in the whole gosh darn world. Oh yeah. Because, yeah. I mean like what, 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 what else, you know, like now we're talking, you know, now we're talking the real stuff, right? Fear. So I just get to watch soul, souls unfold every single day. It's my greatest joy. Oh yeah. That sounds like that would be very fulfilling. How did you get to this point though? I mean, that's a, quite a journey to <laughs> to master fear. I mean, it's one of those fundamental things that you know challenge all of us. That's right. But nobody's immune to it. I would say that that's at least correct. nobody that's like fully functioning. <laughs> you know, right? Right. right. You can't you can't escape fear, and you will never d eliminate it. It is part of our biology because it's this thing. You know, it, it stems from this thing in our in our brain called the amygdala. And so you're, you're always going to have fear. If you don't have fear, you're actually not growing. So you are always what I call stretch risk and dying. You know, like you're always expanding. If, if, if you are a learner, a grower, if you are wanting to embrace life, you are always in relationship with your fear. Yeah, so that sounds like everybody listening to this yeah. podcast. <laughs> For sure. I mean, by definition, an entrepreneur is constantly wrestling with fears. Um, right. Often it's totally internal. We don't, you know, we just push it down. But I that's mean, where I come in. That's where I come in, Ryan. Yeah. Pushing it down because you can't use all your potential. You can't use all your potential. You can't really become who you're meant to be if fear 
is pushed down because if it's pushed down, then it's silently, insidiously making decisions for you that you aren't even aware of. And so my job is to support you to use really, truly your full potential. And I'm not I'm not kidding about that. I'm like dead yeah. serious about that. Well, now, so how did you get into this? Well, you know, I got here the good old fashioned way through my own personal journey of hell. Yeah. So, you know, I, um, I had the horrific experience when I was uh, 14 years old of uh, my parents were going through divorce and um, my father came over to take us out to brunch during the, you know, during the divorce. And uh, when he came over that Father's Day to take us out to brunch, he didn't take us out to brunch, but he uh, took out a gun and he shot my mother twice and then shot himself in front of me. Oh, man. And so at the age of 14, I was the sole witness of my father murdering my mother and committing suicide. And I don't know how anybody else would react, but I know how I did. I basically blamed myself. I mean, I didn't do anything heroic that day. I didn't, you know, shove my father, you know, grab my father's gun. I, I didn't jump in front of my mother. I just screamed, no, no, don't. And for the next 20 years, I lived two lives. You know, on the one hand, I was still a straight A student, you know, got a full ride to college, you know, uh, was, you know, class president. But inside, I was leading a completely different life. I had low self-esteem. I beat myself up all the time. And I didn't want to live. And I really, really uh, punished and blamed myself for my parents' death. And um, I drank alcohol because I couldn't sleep at night. I had nightmares every single every single night. My father oh, yeah. was chasing me uh, through my dream, through my nightmare, and he was shooting at me every single night. And so at night, I either had to have a drink or sleep with the light on or be with you know be with a man so that I could fall asleep. Right, and so it was my third suicide attempt and my third DUI after lovely jail's time that I realized something. I realized that I'm not very good at killing myself and I better, better figure this out because I'm not dying, I keep living. Yeah. So I had, you know, when I'd gone through that 20 year journey, it's not like I wasn't trying. I was reading self-help books and oh, yeah. shops, you know, I was doing everything I could, but it, it, it wasn't, no matter what I took, no matter what workshop I took, no matter what book I read, it would make me feel good while I was in it. But the minute I left, you know, the fears would just pile back on. Yeah. And so after that third suicide attempt, when I realized I, I'm not going to be dead and I'm not going to kill myself, I decided out of sheer desperation, really, um, that I had to figure this out. And I went uh, back to my little apartment. Uh, by the way, when you try to kill yourself three times, the third time they do put you in a psychiatric ward for evaluation. And when they let me out three days later and said, by the way, you're not crazy, um, and I showed up at my little tiny apartment, I said, I'm doing this. And I basically started creating exercises for myself out of, like I said, sheer desperation that were starting to really shift my mindset and my relationship with fear. And I just did one exercise after another and after another. And it's and I, it's interesting because, you know, I made these things up out of the clear blue sky. And then I ended up doing being the first life coach on television and doing 600 episodes of reality television and winning an Emmy for that very same reason that I saved my how I saved my own life. I am really, really good at making up exercises to help people change their life. So I changed my life with these exercises and 
people started noticing and people started asking me because again, I wasn't thinking this is a business idea. I was trying to save my own life. I wasn't thinking yeah. of you or anybody else. Yeah. And then people started noticing and asking me and I was embarrassed. I was like, what? And they finally got it out of me. And it, it, it really became one person, three people, five people, 10 people in my living room over the course of time. And me recognizing this wasn't, this 20 years of hell that I just went through wasn't just for me. This was for anyone who has experienced that, you know, split like, oh yeah, life is good on one side, but oh, life isn't really good inside. Or, yeah. you know, and looking for that next thing to numb the, the pain of the fear. It, and it, Exactly. Whether that's workaholism, whether it's alcoholism, um, you know, whether that's stress, um, you know, whether that's uh, trying to be a, a, an adrenaline junkie, you know, again, whatever that is. Some people Did, have highly functioning, wonderful fear responses, but they still don't give them oh, yeah. happiness. Yeah. Did, at any point in time, did you kind of ask yourself or deal with the fear of like, who am I to, oh, to be doing this? Oh, I mean, I, I'm nobody. How, how come yes. people are listening to me? Or Oh, God, yes. That... I'll never forget. I actually was, I just wrote a blog post about this. This is very funny that you're asking me this at this exact moment. I just wrote the story of when I decided to become a coach because, um, you know, one, there was no coaches 20 years ago. First of, first of all, there was no profession per se. There was like two of us, you know? Yeah. And, um, and you probably so, went through a, a bit of hell there too. A- absolutely. With like all the professionals, you- uh, you know, That's people correct. who had gone to school to learn the exact same thing that everybody else was doing. Right. Called, probably... ther- called therapy. And there was no life coaching schools when I started. I mean, yeah. there was literally nothing. And so um, when I, when people started asking me questions, absolutely. I, first of all, I would say to myself, well, I, I, I can't help people. I don't want to listen to their problems all day. I don't know what to do with that. You know, I, yeah. I, I mean, it took me from the time the first person asked me, like Rhonda, hey, what are you doing? It probably took me eighteen months to two years before I fully embraced that maybe there was something that I could contribute, could give. And I went and I ran to my uh, my mentor at the time, and and was like, and again, mentor, i.e., very loosely because it person yeah. wasn't necessarily an official mentor, but somebody who I you know looked up to and, and got a good positive from, relationship, right? yeah. And I just ran to them and said, oh, my God, oh, my God, what am I doing? I can't do this. I have to go become a therapist and I have to begin my Ph.D. And I, you know, I have to earn the right to be here. So it'll take me seven years before I can. You know. So did they give you permission? Oh, they looked at me and said, Rhonda, if you are getting the message that you are meant to do this, you are meant to do this. And not in seven years, but right now, if there is something calling you, if you are hearing something like that whisper, what I call the whisper. Um, it is now. The time is now. And from that meeting, it took me another six months to go, what? And I'll never forget the first coaching session I had. And, um, you know, I, back then I charged $25 and I drove to you. Yeah. <laughs> and I live in Los Angeles, California. So so that meant <laughs> it took a week. It took a week. And you it had to camp out in your car <laughs> under yeah. uh, overpasses. But, so, you know, no. Right, nobody was coaching, so so I was like, I have to go to them, and I have to make it so easy. So yeah, I was charging twenty five dollars. I'd drive to you, and we'd meet at a cafe or your home, and um, I'd work with you for an hour, and uh, run back to my mentor and go, What do I do now? I don't know what to do now. <laughs> and they probably just basically acted as a sounding board for you. 
so that you could express what you're going through and then kind of figure it out. But um, I, I think that's instructive. And I want everybody that's listening to stop right now and kind of think about their own situation. You know, we develop as humans over time. You know, it's it's very rarely a snap, you know, and boom, we're there. And like, I don't know that it necessarily has to take as long as it does. I, you know, it's not like there's a set fixed time period. It takes this long. Or, I mean, in your case, you said it took you about two years to work through the, those challenges of accepting that you could help people, right? Yeah. It, but I don't think there's a time frame set. It, it really comes down to our personal development. How quickly can we, you know, essentially, like, going back to what you do, deal with those fears and and then rec- first recognize them, right? I don't even think that some of us recognize that we are dealing with fears most of most, the time. That's right. Most of us aren't. And so, so you know, you get an inkling, you get a whispering of your soul, you know, whether you call it your intuition, uh, inspiration, uh, you know, inspiration, aspiration, whatever you want, whatever your word is, you know, then you have to reconcile that the, me- the message is for you. One, you have to hear the message, then you have to reconcile it's for you. And the only thing, as I, you know, you know, as I, you know, say on a regular basis, you know, fear is the only thing that kills relationships, kills careers and kills dreams, because it is the thing that will tell you you can't, that you aren't good enough, that you shouldn't, that you don't have the skill, that who are you to do this? You're, you're not, come on, you're not smart enough. You're not brave enough. You're not bold enough. So yeah, fear is the, the, the crux of it, is the crux of it all. And you bring it up a really super important I believe one of the things that I do on my keynotes and in my workshops for fearless living, um, the first thing I have to do is actually share with people that they have fear because most people are like, you know, most people don't walk around saying I'm afraid or I'm scared. They don't, that's not how they talk, right? Yeah. They're like, I'm afraid, I'm scared. That's not We don't tell that, say that to each other and we don't even say that to ourselves. It's because we're afraid to. <laughs> that's, that's right, that's right. So we say things like I'm worried, right? Yeah. Or I'm overwhelmed or I'm stressed. You know, that's just all of those words, like, uh, and, and then all the little, you know, things that you do. I procrastinate. I'm a perfectionist, right? Um, all of the, that language, you know, that anxiety, all that stuff, those are just words to cover up what your core fear is. Those are just words to make your fear sound more like, oh, I don't have to deal with it. Everybody deals with stress. Well, the number one word I'd love to eliminate in our vocabulary is the word stress, because when I say to you, Ryan, I'm stressed, and you say, yeah, me too. We actually didn't have a conversation. I actually don't know how you feel. I actually don't know anything about you. We both put up our shields, right? right? Hey, I'm stressed. Me too. It's overwhelming. Yeah, me too. Boy, I got a lot to do. See you later. Bye. Wow, we just got close. No, we didn't. I don't know anything. So, um, you know, in Fearless Living, I help people not only identify their fear responses, which is where they're getting tricked. But also help them see and identify what their personal core fear is. Because core fear is personalized, unique, and individualized based on your legacy, based on your life experiences, based on your upbringing. So it's unique to you. So I help you discover that so that you can actually see it everywhere. Now, that's the good news. Because once you can see it, you can change it. If you can't see it, it runs you. It runs you blind. Well, let's talk about a fear that a lot of people have. The fear of Infusionsoft. (laughs) <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> now, how did you, how did you get into Infusionsoft? Well, you know, I'm somebody that is constantly looking for better ways to serve my clients, and um, oh, you, you got know, an important message. As you know, I, and that's why I think every business owner needs to recognize this. I, I, because I, I, my tendency is towards the word uh, inspiration, mm-hmm. and I believe that you know you have certain talents that you're almost born with. 
Yes. And those then are you learn how those are to manifest those through your experiences. Hopefully, hopefully fear doesn't block you from from doing it, which it ultimately would in some regard. But yes. um, you kind of it's a discovery process. You discover what you're really good at, and once you you figure that out or portion of it, then I almost feel like you have an obligation to do your very best to share that, right? Yeah. And so you you are on the, the you're essentially always on the hunt for another way to share what you bring to the world That's in, right. in, a, in a higher leveraged environment, right? Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. I've been in business over 20 years, which means I was on email and sending mass emails through AOL. Okay. <laughs> I would put people in groups. So they'd come to my house. I'd have like 10 people work, 10 person workshops. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd run a 10 week class with 10 people in the middle of my living room. And then I'd have open houses, you know, every other month, maybe 20, 30, 40 people would come into my little tiny 13 square, 1300 square foot house. And I'd, you know, shove people everywhere. And I would That's make- an LA mansion, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it cost $1 million. Yeah. <laughs> Not back then, but, um, and of course I was renting. Um, so, so, um, so, you know, so I would have people come to my house and then I would you know, get their email addresses and, um, you know, who had it by the way. Yeah. And then I would create groups with them and I actually, you'd hand out discs to the other I, people. Uh, <laughs> cassette, cassette. Well, the, the floppy disc so they could get online. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so I would have, a, I had a, I would call AOL and have an agreement with them that I could sell these, these send these bulk emails. And so then, you know, I went to AOL and then I went to MailChimp and, you know, it, it grew over time, of course. So I was always looking for better ways to communicate and to make it more relevant and make it more supportive of my client's experience. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I, I like every other good marketer, you know, I'm on other people's lists and I would see this thing called Infusionsoft. And, and the Infusionsoft logo was always on like the salesy people's emails. So I was like, oh, Infusionsoft must be evil. You know, it must be for those salesy people. And, you know, I am not a salesy person. I'm doing it with heart. You know, you know, that whole conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, and then a good friend of mine, Carol Allen, who is a protege of Evan Pagan's, I see her email come through and it now has Infusionsoft on it. So I go, oh no, she's what? gone to the dark side. That's right, that's right. She's gone to the dark side. And so I call her up and she tells me about Infusionsoft. And she also is like, well, you know, you got to be ready for it. And, you know, me, I because I'm fearless, I will jump in way before I maybe think I'm ready. So I'm a typical Infusionsoft user. I got it and then I use it to broadcast emails. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, that's, that's a good place to start, though. I don't think there's any shame in that. You know, it's something. Absolutely. And it and, you know, one thing I did is I made a goal of actually me myself learning Infusionsoft because, you know, when I did those 600 episodes of television and was writing my four books, um, I had an office staff and I didn't even know how to send my own email. And then when my office manager quit one day and I didn't know how to send an email out, I told myself that's never going to happen again. So you're I, up that proverbial creek without that paddle, huh? That's right. So I made a commitment when I got Infusionsoft. I actually sat down to learn it. I um, I actually um, I actually know Infusionsoft. Probably I don't want to say as you know. As, say it. Say it. Don't be afraid. <laughs> be fearless. <laughs> but let's just say I know I know my way around Infusionsoft, and, and and it's because I was like you know if I don't know how to do it and if I don't understand the capacity, 
then sure, I can outsource it, but it's really not going to be the engine I really want it to be. And I'm really not going to understand, you know, the brainstorms and the, and the imagination I have in order to serve my clients is not going to match up with the vehicle itself, mm. with the tool itself. So I, I actually sat down and, and learned Infusionsoft. And, you know, I, I got on before Campaign Builder. And then when we got Campaign Builder, that was amazing. And now, of course, with all the updates. So I, I like to use Infusionsoft um, I think I'm getting better and better and better at utilizing it uh, to its full capacity. And you talked about when you first, before we started the interview here, you were telling me a little bit about your experience. You you mentioned that as soon as you started using the uh, follow-up sequences, as they're Mm -hmm. called, the legacy follow-up sequences, before Campaign Builder came out, you immediately started, uh, which shows that you're a true marketer, you started thinking about multimedia. That's right, that's right. So I immediately started looking for um, a company who could do text messages and who could support me besides the email route. Like how else could I reach my clients, my customers, my fans, my family of Fearless Living? And that's how I found Fix Your Funnel. funnel. Yeah. And that has given me another touch point and another way to reach different, you know, different people, different mediums. They want it different ways. And if I'm going to use Infusionsoft, I want to deliver the message the way the client wants it. So how are you doing that today? Well, right now, uh, Fix Your Funnel is integrated in my courses. So when somebody signs up for a course, and um, many of my courses have a daily email component or a weekly email component, uh-huh. and in that specifically the email, the daily emails, and they get inspiration, uh, you know, um, a quote, um, they might be sent to a video, et cetera, to, to keep them inspired. Because mm-hmm. again, we're talking fear here. Um, they get a choice of getting it either via email or text. And um, I'm, I'm noticing that more people are choosing email because I think people are now more, Cho- um, oh, more okay. comfortable, more comfortable with it. And I also think they feel more powerful. Did you mean text email. message? You said yes, email. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Text messages. I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, text messages because I think they're feeling more powerful. Um, and more um, more in charge of their uh, well, smartphone. You know, and I, it seems to me, you know, that it would make sense, especially, <coughs> pardon me, where you're dealing with people who are needing that daily inspiration, that jumping the email inbox and getting right in front of them is really important for them. Yes. Not just for you to get your message out there, but for them to be able to see that message. Because, you know, if you're not checking the email every hour, which you shouldn't be doing anyway. Okay. That's right. <laughs> you're not going to get that 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 little piece of inspiration or that message that you my need bottom, when you need it, right? My bottom line is I want to give the client, my customer, my client, my, my, my student... A, a, a vehicle for them to be supported in whatever way serves them best. Yeah. And, and, and if I'm not doing that, then I'm not actually supporting the client to the greatest, in the greatest possible way. And I'm all about customer service and I'm all about, um, you know, again, just like you said, we're talking about fear here. So it, you know, I can't be lackadaisical and I also can't be like, Oh, I'll just do it the easy, you know, easy way or the, or the conventional way. No, 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 no. You know, I, I mean, I was doing TV. I was the first life coach on TV. Okay. I wrote a book, you know, I think I was the second life coach to write a book. So, you know, I'm always looking for the next evolution, the next expression so that my clients can, can really master their fear and get ahead of the game, whether that's in business, whether that's in relationships, whether that's in wealth or in health, whatever it is. Um, I want them to be able to be inspired and move and, and take action on behalf of themselves whenever 
they choose to. I want how, them. How is the text message making a difference? Obviously, you know, you're giving it to them the way that they want it. Yes. Um, the text messages, what I think, as you said a little bit ago, you know, it really is delivered in their hand in the moment. And it also makes the experience more user friendly and it makes it more personal. Yeah. You know, when you get a text message from me, you know, it's from me. And, um, you know, talk, you know, an email, yes. And people now are getting more sophisticated and understand that there's things like Infusionsoft. Obviously, not all our clients, but a lot of people, a lot of, you know, regular old folks out there are understanding uh, the, the marketplace. So getting a text, text message is just one step up than that email. It's that differentiator. It is. If they want it that way and you're able to deliver it that way, then that's going to set you apart from it's from anybody else. And I want to point out, too, that to that point, if that had come from a short code, for example, that means something totally different than when it comes from your 10-digit phone number. That's right. That's right. And it's one of the things I love about Fix Your Funnel because, you know, I go to events now and it's like, put this short code in. Okay, well, <laughs> the, minute I, the minute somebody who's older, maybe just got their first smartphone or... Uh, somebody who's not familiar with short code. I mean, the whole place, like here I am giving a keynote to a thousand people and I, you know, put up the, the regular phone number. I don't have to help people figure that out. Yeah. Um, Cause there has, there, there was a time that I tried to use short codes. And oh, and like, I did too. Oh yeah. And that short code went up literally the whole room then stopped. They looked at their phone. They all start talking to one another because somebody in their row or somebody in front or behind them didn't know what the short code meant. Well, how do you do that? Well, I, I come this, up, they come up to me afterwards and go, hey, you didn't give out the full number. Oh, oh a, a, absolutely. Absolutely. So having a full on phone number there makes all the difference for deliverability as well as ease of use for when I'm at a speaking event and I want to deliver something to them. Um, it, it, if I want to give them my, you know, free giveaway, um, that regular number takes the learning curve out for the audience, and I don't have to sit there and, you know, yeah, take you're, you're building people. on their lifetime experience with phone numbers instead yes. of saying, hey, let me teach you something brand new while I'm trying to get you to lead capture. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. While oh, by the way, we're talking about fear, and you're already like slightly excited and slightly freaked out in this moment. <laughs> okay, that's very interesting. Let's talk about that a little bit because my my big. Because we can do, we could do short codes at Fix Your Funnel. I choose not to intentionally. It's not because we're not able to, or we couldn't afford to, or anything like that. I just, I believe that, um, especially in a sales environment. So we're going to go sales for a second, and I know you've overcome that fear, so we're going to be okay. <laughs> but in a sales environment, we're not asking somebody to make a decision. The last thing we want to do is oh, add God. any red light right. stop right. signal into the the emotional experience because it is an emotional experience people are trying to use their logic side but there's the feeling side is actually what's driving the whole thing from my perspective my understanding of science and so we have to be extremely careful with anything in that sales process that's going to cause fear hesitation and so that's why i really switched you know as soon as i discovered there's a way for us to do full normal numbers and i say normal not in air quotes but that's just what it is right yes. i was like well, i'm absolutely doing that because uh, number one that's going to remove that emotional hurdle, even for somebody who is familiar with what a short code is. When you start putting that in, you may not realize it consciously, but there is this incompleteness 
when you you can't put in the ten digit phone number in the United States, right? When you just yeah. put in five or six, exactly. there's a, and I mean, there's a lot of studies and numerology and stuff like that, which I don't really follow fully, but I know that there are certain numbers that have significance to cultures as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, like if you're in China, it's eight, right? Mm-hmm. Here in the United States, Western culture, it tends to be seven and 10. Those are actually have numbers that have deep significance, three, seven, 10. So they have some sort of significance to us at an unconscious level we may not be aware of. So, you know, instead of going to six, which is like almost equated with evil. Yes, that's right. <laughs> or five, which is like halfway. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not aware of it consciously, but at an unconscious level, we're actually creating fear or yeah. trepidation or hesitation in the prospect before we're asking them to take the very first step towards a relationship with us. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I remember there was a, uh, a time when I tried short codes and um, the short codes literally froze the audience and they all started talking to one another. But then another thing happened. What I started recognizing is that um, I belong to a couple people's lists and I, you know, be- before I really got into fix your funnel and understanding the subtleties of text messaging, I probably signed up to test it out because I'm one of those people that go sign up on people's emails list to see what their funnel is and see what's going on. And so, uh, you know, I signed up for a few people and, you know, they, you know, they sent me a tax reminder, uh, you know, with a particular short code. Well, it's fascinating because I got two different um, marketers um, using the same short code. Uh Oh, okay. And I called the company. I'm like, uh, what's going on? And they didn't even know that it was possible for short codes to cross over. And so I was getting two marketing messages from two different companies on the same short code. See, and, and this is another issue. It's that shared reputation. It, exactly. So I don't want I don't want to have the same short code as my fellow marketers as my you know as my thank god there's nobody else that does fearless living but you know anybody in the space they wouldn't even have to be like i'll tell you a quick story around i don't know if you've heard this story before but there was a major insurance company they were launching a big texting campaign to the extent that they spent a million dollars on marketing assets uh, billboards bus wraps all this different stuff and they were using a short code the guy that actually told me the story used to own the short code I say used to because you're going to hear the rest of the story. But so they had this huge client doing that. And then the short code, just so people understand the way short codes work, they cost about $1,000 a month if you want to rent one. And you rent, a, you rent a, a short code from the carriers. And then you have the ability to do certain things as a result. But one of the things you're limited on is keywords. That's like the, that's right. the, the limited resource. And because of that, you know that's the, the valuable commodity. And it's that whole supply and demand thing. So that's why they'll charge like $25 sometimes for a single keyword because there's only a certain number of them that people even want, you know, and you see what happens when people, you know, run out of ones that you want, you start getting weird stuff as keywords, but, um, you have, it just just makes it easier with the, it just makes it easier just having a, a regular old normal phone number. Oh yeah. And, and I don't have to stop my keynote. I don't have to stop my class. I don't have to stop my presentation on a webinar. I don't have to stop anything and educate. And, and that was so critical for me to, in order to, to have the smooth experience and have them like what just happened and have, and, and not be bothered by, um, bringing up their free gift, you know, their free freebie, right? Yeah. Get, don't get in the way of what they want. Exactly. 
Well, I, I want to finish this story real quick because I think it makes a, another important point that you were alluding to, which is this short code company had brought on another client who wanted to send out an adult-themed text. Oh, no! Well, so the carriers picked up on that and then they blocked the short code and the short code was shut down. Now, what happened to the million? So there's the reputation factor. It, you know, had somebody been on both those lists, they would have now associated the insurance company with this other company. But then there's also the fact that now, because that short code got shut down, a million dollar in marketing assets suddenly, poof, was worthless. Because if anybody tried to text into it, it wouldn't do anything. So no leads could be captured, nothing was generated, and all that was wasted. So there's there's real vulnerabilities that people just aren't aware of, which was another reason why we're like, we don't even want to go that route. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can and you I'm imagine? Glad I'm glad of it. I'm glad of it. Yeah. Thank you. So, so you're making a real difference with people by being able to give them that personalized message. It's that little extra touch. But also, you, you mentioned timing in terms of... You mentioned there's some stories that you've gotten back from your own clients who received that text message just at the right time. Absolutely. Like I said, you know, I want to be in the palm of the hand of any client I can be. And not just via email, of course, on their smartphone, but more importantly, text, because again, that personalizes. It makes it just makes the message stand out a little bit more. It makes it feel more like family. And here at Fearless Living, we talk about the fearless family. And so it's really important that the messages feel like we're family rather than you know, just another marketing ploy or just another story in their inbox. And that feel that you're going for, that's not unique just to people who are helping people at an emotional level. I We did the same thing with our training company, which was on, you know, a topic that was nothing to do with emotion, you know, in, in terms of the way it appeared on the surface. Mm-hmm. But because we made our business about you know, you're you're part of the family. You're part of this select group. That was extremely powerful, and we try and we're trying to replicate that same thing with Fix Your Funnel. You know, we treat everybody as family because that's the way we see them internally. And I think if you can get that element into your business, no matter what it is, that's a powerful thing for creating real value for your customers as well as your company. Oh yeah, when I when a, when somebody signs up to work with me, whether it's personally as a one-on-one coach or whether it's to sign up for one of you know the Fearless Living Training Program or to attend a weekend called Fearless Foundation Workshop or, you know, I mean I've been teaching for twenty years now and coaching for twenty years, so I have several classes, you know, purpose and you know love and dating and you know just uh, you know business building. So I have, I have tons of things for folks, and you know the minute they sign up you know, they do become a member of the fearless family and they stay. I mean, when you take a course from me, the benefit you get is so great that you want to keep continuing. You want to keep studying because, you know, I don't just give the, you know, you know, 101 beginner stuff. I really give you that in-depth personal experience. And so that's why that text message feels like, you know, a friend or feels like, you know, like Rhonda. Oh my God, it's Rhonda. You know, it's Rhonda. Oh my God, it's Rhonda. You know, um, it, it's just one more way that I can connect with them. So I love it. And, you know, I, I'm thinking of one story in particular where, you know, um, one of my clients, uh, Sam, was in the middle of moving through this big raise situation um, with his employer, right? And he had come to me because he was feeling like, he, well, he kept on, how it really happened is he kept getting demoted. Oh, and, yeah. And he came to me out of sheer desperation because he had tried all these motivational things, you know, and all these personal development things, you know, more rah-rah. 
and he got demoted like three times and he was like what is going on and um he was literally in the basement by himself i mean it was horrific and so oh, wow. he came to work with me and i just want to say the great news is that by within you know gosh i don't know i say a year to 18 months later not only was he not in the basement but he was actually asked uh, to join the company as a vice president. So wow. a dramatic turnaround. That's one of and those Horatio Alger stories. It, it's Rags so to riches, huh? It, it's, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And then he went on to become a president of another tech company. I mean, it was it's just a beautiful story. But one of the things is, you know, we were working obviously very closely to not only shift his mindset, but also his communication techniques to shift his the company's perception of who he was and also to shift how he was seen by himself, right? To to turning the internal and the external. So we were having a lot of delicate conversations around how to communicate with his boss. I mean, we were doing role plays. I mean, we were getting very specific in order to make sure that his perception in the company changed. And, you know, he was about to go into one of his meetings and that again was real critical and real key for him being not demoted, but promoted. And he received a text message while he was in the waiting room of his boss's office. And, you know, he got that message from me. And that moment gave him that little bit of, yes, yes, I believe in myself. Yes, I can do this. Yes, I have the tools. Yes, I know what to say. Ron and I worked through it. I have the mindset. I know what to do. And he went in there. um, And that powerful moment really was the catalyst for him. Then, you know, a year later being asked to become the vice president of a company he was demoted for demoted within you know within for three times before he turned it around so that story is beautiful for a number of reasons but you know like the thing that i'm seeing there is because you embraced infusionsoft right and the power to be able to actually create this leverage of who you are right i've heard that phrase before where people say infusionsoft gives me the ability to be more of me in more places right Mm -hmm. because you embrace that and you took the time to learn the fundamentals that you needed to know. And then you took the the initiative to extend that beyond just email. You created this beautiful moment for this individual, this fellow human being on the planet, to have a great experience because you gave him that little bit of charging right when he needed it. And for all I know, you could have been in bed when it happened. <laughs> sure. You know what right. I mean? It, right. Because you put some systems and processes in place and you're leveraging this technology to be able to extend your influence into all these different areas, you were able to drop this text message through an automated system, but because you thought about it in a personal way where it shows up and it made a big difference for somebody really right when they needed it. And we could call that serendipitous. We could call it, you know, luck, good fortune or whatever, but none of that would have happened had you not put forth the effort. One, to always be on the cutting edge of of figuring out how you can communicate and be in personal touch with your customers. And two, if you hadn't thought about them as an individual, because I guarantee that in not even having you told me this, but I could guarantee that when you sat down to think about what text messages do I send out? You thought about who might be receiving these? What kind of situations might they be going through? Because I can tell you really care about where your customers and clients are and where they're headed because you've been to the lowest lows. And so you know where they are and what they might be feeling. And I, you know, from a marketing perspective, sometimes people think it's all about money. Oh, God, no. Money does not motivate me one iota. But, but what it's really about is 
when we really have a successful marketing, obviously there's people that are the exceptions that are all about money and that manifests itself, shows up. But when you really care about your customer and really care about your client, then your marketing should manifest that because you really think about the problems that they have and you've been there before normally. Right. You know, you, you've seen what it's like to be in that position where you know they are today and you're thinking about that situation. How do you lift them? How do you help them so that they can become what they're meant to be? And we're talking, yeah, exactly. We're talking about fear here, right? Yeah. I mean, just even hiring me sometimes is, a, you know, is, is, is huge for somebody to even admit that, you know, hey, there's something that I haven't been able to solve on my own. And, you know, you know, half the time they come in and, you know, won't even say the word fear. You know, they're just like, well, I hear you're a good coach. It's like, well, yeah. Can I, can you triple my income? Yeah, I can do that. That's not a no brainer. Um, can you help me open a business? Oh, yeah, that's a no brainer. All these things are no brainers um, because there's a toolkit and there's skills and there's this thing called fear. So let's talk about fear. And they're like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. You know, so, so yes, I know what it, what it is to be in a delicate situation and I know what it means um, when somebody comes to fearless living and says, okay, I'm ready for the next level of my life. Cause, cause they're really ready then to refine and to up level. Because when you're facing fear, when you're willing to take on fear, you're really saying, I'm not going to be stopped anywhere ever again. I want to go anywhere, do anything, meet anyone. And I want to do it, you know, in the way that is my calling. So I really think of marketing as love. You know, I really think of a text message sure. as a hug and a love and, and, you know, I'm kissing their cheek and, reminding them who they are because my job is to support you in becoming who you're meant to be. That's my job to help you become who you're meant to be, to support you, to see yourself that way and then help you actualize it. Um, fear is the thing that's stopping you, but what's motivating you and me is that you're meant to be who you're meant to be. I want to take this real quick and I, I want to have lift everybody above just the, the line of our conversation we've been talking about. And let's look at a, a slightly different perspective. Now, when we talk about Rhonda's work, it's very emotional. And so it can feel almost like, well, this doesn't really apply to my business, Ryan. But regardless of what business you're in, you are interacting with people. Right. You know, there's not even... I mean, we talk about, well, no, I'm B to B. No, you're not. You're human to human. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, I'm B to C. No, you're human to human. That's correct. And at the end of the day, there's always a human to human interface, even if it's augmented by technology. So if you keep these same concepts and principles that Rhonda's been talking about in mind, as you're developing your own marketing campaigns or your own customer interaction campaigns, or even your your uh, staff side campaigns your team that's right you're going to be coming from a place of much more power than if you think that it's supposed to be this fake facade that you put up in front of everybody because as soon as you drop the fake facade and you get real with people that's when you have the ability to connect heart to heart and the heart to heart connection is much more powerful even if we're going to look at it just on the financial side than facade to facade <laughs> You know, as we're moving into, you know, you know, more and more into authentic marketing, right? Integrous marketing mm -hmm. in, in transparency, you know, every article you read out there, you know, we're a content driven society, right? Everything's about content. You got to have content. And, you know, what is content but me talking to you? And so uh, one person to one person, remember, you never talk to a group, you always talk to an individual and that individual wants to trust you and they want to have permission from you and and they want to believe you and they are then they are literally anytime they're giving you a dollar they're saying i am giving you my hard-earned money and oh by the way for some people they are scraping it together you know they are yeah. getting a loan 
I mean, I don't care what kind of business you are in. I don't care if it's a, uh, you know, I don't care if it's real estate. I don't care if it's financial. I don't care if it's tech. Uh, you know, I don't care if it's personal development. I don't care what business you're in. There is somebody, whether it's a B2B, you know, business scraping together the money, because I've been in that place scraping together the money, yeah. um, you know, or a B2C where that person is literally having, you know, decision to say, okay, I am going to trust this person with my hard, hard earned or hard scraped together or, or my last dollar and pray to God they're the answer to my problem, right? Yeah. And, and that's the gift that we get to do is we get to literally be an answer to somebody's deepest heartache. And again, whether that's a tech issue or whether that's a, a, a business proposal issue, doesn't matter. But you're right, Ryan, it's all um, heart to heart. Uh, and it's all emotions. We all know by now that marketing is emotion based people buy I don't care again, a tech solution is based on an emotional feel. It's not intellectual, no matter how everybody yeah. wants to think it is. It's not. So that text message is the difference between them thinking you're just another marketer, spam marketer in their inbox um, versus their Oh, you're just like my best friend. You're just like my really good friend because you've got my you've got my phone number. Yeah. That's huge. Now, you also have mentioned that you're, and I, that, I didn't give that the appropriate moment of silence because that was deep. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I, you. But I was trying to move on so that people that are listening would keep listening with us. Sure, sure. But there we get we gave it the moment that it deserved because that was that was very profound. That might be a rewind and listen to ten times. I know people don't do that anymore because there's so much content, but they're not all content's created equal. And really, what Rhonda just shared is is very profound. So I would recommend listening to that a few times, trying and capture the levels of nuance that were expressed there because that's where you really get into mastery of any topic is when you take the time to listen to things a few times and actually think about them. We are in such a rapid-paced you know, environment, but my, my experience has been, Rhonda, and maybe yours has been the same, that those people who actually stop to listen to things a couple of times, to really think about what was being expressed and said are the people who are actually the thought leaders and also the industry leaders. Because everybody else is so busy running around on the, you know, on the hamster wheel. That's right. You know, trying to keep up with, you know, all the content coming at them. Which that, is fear, by the way. Hamster wheel is fear. Oh, is, is that, I would imagine. We yes. could probably you know, try. if you're trying to like, I can't miss out, I can't miss out, the fear of missing out, right? Fear of missing out, the fear of being left behind. That's all fear-based thinking. So the minute you're desperate, the minute you're trying to trying to, oh, I gotta get it or I'm gonna be behind, you know that's fear. And so stop. Yes. Yeah, right. So what you're Listen. saying is yeah. if you're courageous enough to take a breath and to take some space, if you're courageous enough to be to be listening to learn and to embody and not just for, you know, just you know, something to get you the next, you know kind of edge and like I've got to, you know, got to win. But you're right, Ryan, it is really about, I know for me, I will read a book over and over again. I mean, my favorite books are ones that I've read, you know, three to five times, if not, if not more times. I mean, I have a stack of books next to my bed that I just rotate over and over again. And again, I have new books as well, but there's some classics that I just read over and over again. Well, and to that end, you, you do have to be selective about what you're listening to, you know, look or reading or allowing to come into you because it is gonna, it's going to impact you. But if you are selective, then you'll be able to do that multiple because that's I'm the same way. There's I don't do it with many things, but with those people who have earned my trust because I can tell that they're coming out of integrity and, and truth 
than I'm listening to and rereading and and going over over again those things. Um, you mentioned that you were um, that you've been changing your marketing, and we'll kind of start to wrap up here just because of time. But you mentioned that you were you've been working on your content because you're obviously you're coming from a place of we might classify it as information marketing mm-hmm. um, where you're, you're teaching people information and that's really your core element but you're talking about getting more and more interactive in terms of being able to measure how are people consuming what I'm giving to them to make sure that you're giving them the very best experience and you mentioned you've been made recently a pretty substantial investment. What is that? What is that into? What are you doing? Yeah, a, a substantial investment, and another another payment went in today. Substantial investment. Um, I'm, I'm creating, uh, developing a brand new website and membership uh, site, but it's not your normal. Uh, you know, I, I sometimes I buy people's courses just to see what they're doing on the membership side, right? Oh to yeah. See what they, what, they, what they're looking at. I do it and, for upsells. Yeah, I, oh, absolutely. I, I mean, want to see I what see, they're upselling. Right? I want to see what they're, what are they doing here? Right. So I'll do that. And, you know, most people are, st- I would say 99% of people out there are still doing the old fashioned membership site that, you know, just a bunch of content thrown at you and just, you know, fill it up every month or fill it up once a week. Um, and their courses really are learn as you go and, you know, you know, more like you have to, you know, have, you have to have the motivation and inspiration to get in there and do the course. Well, what I'm creating is a consume a consumption-based um, membership area with all my courses. So every single course you take from me is going to be measured from the moment that you enter the course, one particular course. You're going to be taking that uh, that that survey up front. So I'm going to be asking you questions. So you're going to get a baseline. Then through the entire process, I'm going to be giving you intermittent surveys to test your knowledge to 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 see. So I can actually have at the end of the day. You know, um, actually did a workshop two weeks ago and asked people at the beginning how they felt, their confidence level, and then their confidence level when they left. And I asked them actually every single day, several times during the day, so I could kind of measure just by their verbal cues. Well, when I were doing that, and one person went up from negative one when they entered to a 10 when they left, right? Which mm-hmm. is, of course, you can't get better than that. Um, so that's what I'm doing in the um, in the tech field. Um, creating that learning center, that membership site that um, has that consumption base so that you are literally being pushed and probed at your own pace. And then, of course, let's say that you're stuck on module two, lesson three, you know, of course, in Infusionsoft and with Fix Your Funnel, I can go, okay, if they're not moving forward, if they're not watching that next video, right, if they're not watching, if they're not reading that next email, if they're not getting that next text and opening that up, now I can do those triggers inside Infusionsoft and and say, hey, that's right, and prompt them and say, hey, just see that, how's that lesson, you know, module three, lesson two going, you know, here, let me give you a cue. So now what I've done is not only do I have my full course, but I've chopped up my course in little tidbits so that when they get stuck someplace, I can give it, give them a teaser of what's coming up to help inspire them, motivate them, um, you know, give them that aspiration to say, yes, you know what, I'm going to get in there and watch that video. So that's awesome. It's a, it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, It's a, it's a, it took me three web companies to really find the one that that really can make this happen. So it's going to be launching very shortly in well, the next, you know, 30 to 60 days. Well, so. that's exciting. I will give you a preview. 
I know that works really well. <laughs> we did that on a on a marketing side with a previous business we had, where you know it was an information marketing business. It wasn't a full on membership site. It was just a, a particular training course that was our lead in training course to our main product. Mm-hmm. And we knew that if they went through this three hour training, that they would be more, they'd be prepared to make a, a purchase decision. Mm-hmm. And so we actually cut up that that video. It's not the exact same thing, but similar. We cut up that video into ten minute segments, essentially, and they were delivered one after the other. But each as each one came through, it triggered another tag in Infusionsoft. And if they didn't trigger a particular tag, then there was a different campaign for each step of that process that would then encourage them to get back in there and listen to the rest of that. And as they went through it, then we knew that they were now prepared for us to offer to them to become a member of our society. And until they had gotten to that point, they weren't prepared to be initiated, so to speak. (laughs) And so we found that worked fantastic um, because we we were doing that in the real world with the live three-hour training that we did all over the United States. And, you know, that had a certain percentage that would convert. Well, we took a recording of one of those, and that's what we based our, that was our three hours. So it, it wasn't necessarily a better or a worse one. It was just a recording of one of them. And then we chopped that up, and it outperformed the one that was done live mm-hmm. by more than double. Wow. It was about uh, 270% better wow. at conversion. And I believe it was because of all the interaction. So I'm excited for to hear about your results with that. And I think your investment will be worthwhile because, granted, this was a smaller version. But I think it's the same proof of concept. And it, it definitely worked well for us. And, and I love that you're saying this because this is insp- I'm like, yay, I'm so happy right now, right? And um, I just want to... Um, mentioned that, you know, really working Infusionsoft and Fix Your Funnel takes, takes, takes thought. So, you know, you can't, you know, I'm somebody who acts fast, works fast, you know, I'm yeah. the type of person then get 300 things done in five minutes. And so I'm always looking at everyone going, well, you know, keep up. People, right, <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. When poor people work with me, I always set them up now because in the years before, you know, I wouldn't set them up. And then I'd be like, what's your problem? Let's go. Come on. You know, um, <laughs> but now I recognize I'm just faster than most people. Right. So, it took something of me and me being more fearless in order to slow down myself yeah. enough to really create the structure to do the campaigns at Infusionsoft, work out all the fix your funnel, to really be thoughtful because exactly what you're saying, okay, wait, if you've got an hour, let's just say, video and it has 10-minute segments, okay, the, wait a minute, that's six tag. You know, like you've got to really think about it. And so was I forcing you to think as I was telling you this No, scenario? no, 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 no. <laughs> I just wanted to give people a pause. Yeah. I wanted to give, you know, the people a pause and go, okay, wait a minute, because if you're, if you're not an expert in Fusionsoft or haven't been using it a while and an expert at Fix Your Funnel, you may be going, oh, my God, that's so much work. It, it is work, but just like my friend um, Sonia, who had a launch this last month, had, you know, she created a webinar and her funnel three years ago, and she's still making, you know, seven figures a year on something she created three years ago, well, and that's... Right. That's the beauty yeah. of your funnel. Well, that's, that's that little funnel. thing I told you about. That was sort of like a side fun project I did because, you know, I'm in the same boat. I do things really fast. And so occasionally I'll get so far ahead that I'm like, oh, what am I going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I said, well, I'm gonna, let's do this. And we'll start taking all the people who can't make it to our live events mm-hmm. and say, oh, can't make this event. Click here and watch it online. And we charged yeah. them twenty five dollars to watch our free presentation. 
And then what that that little system, which you know took a couple of days to put together, it's not much money, you know, for some people, but it was kicking out ten thousand a month. And yeah. to us, that wasn't a big deal because we were doing three hundred twenty thousand in a month. But it was like a little side project. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes. but the it took a little bit of setup, a little bit of thought, and maybe as a lot of thought and setup to other people. Um, but the result was it just kicked out new members, yep. new money, and we didn't have to do anything on it. And it was actually, you know, if you think about it, it was 120000 a year that was just going nowhere before because it was just the leftovers. The people yep. who couldn't make it to the live event but were interested, they had no other option before. And then suddenly we introduced this new option and boom, it was outperforming our live and probably and could have been better. And who knows, you know, how that impacted their, their entire life and what it. Oh, what it yeah, that's the powerful right? part, because in that situation, each one of our customers had an impact on hundreds of homeowners. Mm. And if they had our tools and resources, we knew that they could help homeowners through a very scary situation. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, situations where we had a number of our clients come back and say that their client told them if I had not received you know, your marketing or your letter or your call, I was planning on committing suicide the next day Mm. because I didn't know how to get out of my situation and you gave me hope. And so that's powerful for us because we just heard, and I heard over a dozen of those stories and I know those weren't all of them. You know, those were just the ones I heard about. And so you think about that impact that you have. And that was on something that had nothing to do with, in my mind, in terms of what we were teaching. It wasn't like this is a life-saving thing. This was like, here's something kids stopping your business. We're teaching you that. But the impact ultimately was saved families, saved marriages, saved lives. And, you know, situations that were horrific. And we yep. could we could do that for people through leveraging technologies. That's why I say it's a huge responsibility when you have something good to bring to the market. And you owe it to the people who will ultimately be effective. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your customers to do the very best you can. And Rhonda, I thank you for being a great example of that. Um, I think that anyone that's listened this far has really gotten that picture that you care and you have used that caring, not to sit on the couch and say, oh, I feel for people, but to actually get out there and make an impact in so many people's lives. So we thank you and honor you for that. Thank you. And we'll close with letting you express what is that number one success principles that, that has helped you to be who you are, mm. to be successful. Well, whenever I'm on TV or interviewed for radio or whatever, I, you know, and they really ask me a question like that and, you know, kind of phrase like, if you could only say one thing or what's the <laughs> one success, success principle, right? Um, this is the thing that I know to be true above all else, that there is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with me. It's just fear. You know, you're not stupid. You're not lazy. You're not selfish. You're not worthless. You're not unlovable. None of those things that you say to yourself in your darkest moments when you're in that deep pit of despair or when you're feeling desperate or when the money's short or when you get in a fight with your loved one, you know, when you're just doubting your ability to keep on going on and to get beyond your past. You know, that's another thing. It's like your past keeps haunting you. You, you keep repeating the same problems, right? Yeah. All of those things, all of that stuff is just fear talking to you and i ask you please do not listen do not listen know that beyond anything else there is nothing wrong with you it's just fear and that you are innocent and you are worthy that you are truly at your core 
uh, fearless and, and, and your job and your only job. And what I believe is that your job is to become who you're meant to be, become who you're born to be. And, um, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just fear. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been a very enjoyable, uh, almost hour for me. Thank you. And, uh, I'm sure it has been for the, the people who had an opportunity to listen to this. So thank, thank you. Thank you, Ryan. I loved it. I loved it. Thank you so much. And thank you. Fix your funnel. Boom!